That is the powerful roar of the Tyrannosaurus rex, also known as the T-Rex. Send the T-Rex is the very first skeleton offered at a public auction in Asia. I sat down with Georgie Hilton, Vice President and Head of Classic Art Asia at Christie's. Send the T-Rex will be auctioned by Christie's on the 30th of November in Hong Kong. We also talked about Paul Allen's exceptional art collection at the Rockefeller Center Galleries in New York. This podcast is supported by Christie's Education. Receive a 15% discount on all the art courses. Visit Christie's Education, go to the Hong Kong course page and fill in all in capital letters Last Supper 15. The website link of Christie's Education and discount code are in this podcast description as well. Welcome to The Last Supper, a weekly podcast featuring emergent and established artists, gallerists, curators and collectors in Asia. Hello, I'm your podcast host, Oscar Van Huys, a Dutch Korean entrepreneur and artist based on Lama Island in Hong Kong. Welcome, Georgie. Many thanks for making the time to meet me today. Thank you. How are you, Oscar? I'm well, Georgie, and very excited to talk about Shenda T-Rex. But before we begin, you just came back from Singapore, which was the first stop of Shenda T-Rex. Yeah, I've just got back from Singapore where I have been with my T-Rex, my new best friend who I've been traveling with to Singapore. But it is great to be back in Hong Kong for a few days, I must say. Why can you tell me about how the T-Rex was received by the public audience in Singapore? Because from what I understand, the reception was quite spectacular. We were there for about a week and the T-Rex was on view for three days and we saw 30,000 people come through to meet it. It really was amazing. I was overwhelmed with how well it was received and how excited people were to see it and how emotional some people got when they saw Shen, is its name, for the first time. 30,000 visitors over three days. That's an incredible amount of visitors. I mean, not many shows attract this kind of number of visitors. Why do you think people are so intrigued by Shen the T-Rex? I think so many people across the world grow up fascinated by dinosaurs and that fascination is something that can stay with them later in life and nobody ever really considers that they will be able to get so close to one and one that was so recently unearthed I suppose so I think particularly in Asia as far as we know no T-Rex is in a permanent collection of a museum so to be able to see one in this part of the world was, I think, something that people recognised as a very rare opportunity. I think the one thing that's become very clear to me with this T-Rex is that unlike any other piece of art or object that Christie's have for sale, the whole family wants to come and see it. So usually we find that whether it's one couple within the relationship or one child or one particular person who has a very particular interest in a niche collecting category and often their friends or their family don't appreciate what it is that they see and so collecting can possibly be a more like lonesome task or something that you spend looking into and doing and researching by yourself however with these incredibly rare fossils I haven't had a conversation with anyone who isn't fascinated to learn more so I think it's an amazing thing for families to get behind. Your grandchildren, you know, the grandparents and everyone in between can share a fascination with something like this. 
to my knowledge, this wasn't the first time a dinosaur was shown in Singapore. However, none of the T-Rexes that exist in the world are owned by either an Asian institution or an Asian collector. What can you tell me about the reason why you chose Singapore before Hong Kong? No, I think there have been dinosaurs and certainly possibly a T-Rex on view in the Science Museum there. I think there's been a lot of hype about the fact that this one is on offer for sale. So people are aware that they need to come and see it now because we don't know where it'll one day end up. We were very keen to take it to Singapore and to have it on view in Singapore before it came to Hong Kong. Because at that stage, we weren't sure whether the borders of Hong Kong would be open and people would be able to travel freely to Hong Kong to see it. So that's why we had this exhibition in Singapore. And also, just from doing my research and looking at where the sort of fossil enthusiasts are in Asia, there is this amazing community of fossil enthusiasts and collectors in Singapore. So that was another reason we wanted to take it there. You mentioned one of the reasons why it is drawing so much attention is that Shen the T-Rex is for sale. Not only is this really rare, but it is also the very first time in Asia because the other auctions were outside of Asia. Is that correct? Yes. So this is the third T-Rex that has ever come to the auction market. The first one, Sue, was sold by Sotheby's in the 90s. And it wasn't even ever put together like a T-Rex. It was a box of bones. And then two years ago, Christie sold Stan, the T-Rex, in New York. And that was an incredibly exciting sale. It was the first time in many years a T-Rex had come to the market Stan was an extremely complete and therefore very valuable and scientifically important T-Rex. And two years later, we're now selling Shen and we're selling Shen in Hong Kong, which is the first time a T-Rex has ever been offered for sale in Asia. I want to ask about the name as well of Shen the T-Rex, because it sounds like a very deliberate effort to call this T-Rex Shen. What can you tell me about the background of the naming of this T-Rex and how this name was decided? Having just got back from Singapore, I'm now aware of the questions that people are likely to ask when they see this. And one of the first questions is, why Shen? So I think it's just coincidence that Sue was called Sue, which began with an S, and then we chose to call Stan Stan because that was the name of the person who excavated or dug up Stan. And we felt that we would follow in this trend of S's, but we also wanted to choose a name that resonated with our audience in China. So Shen, from Shangshen, meaning God or godlike, we felt was an appropriate nickname for Shen. And the really exciting thing about Shen is that whoever buys it has the rights to rename it. So Shen is just an in-house nickname, really. That wasn't the case with Stan. With Stan, whoever bought it wouldn't have the rights to rename it. And I think that's a very appealing part of um, buying Shen. Whoever becomes the new owner can choose what the name will be. And obviously, we hope that then Shen will spend at least some of its life in a museum. And my personal hope is that that museum will be in Asia. Now, a very practical question. Hong Kong is known for its tiny living spaces. So if I were to be a buyer, what are the dimensions of Shen the T-Rex? And how much space do I need to reserve for the skeleton? And also, I'm interested to hear from you about the tail bones that were discovered during the excavation. 
What can you say about the size and the state of the skeleton? Yeah, so Shen is 12 meters long and three and a half meters high. And that is particularly long. The, the really interesting thing about Shen is that when it was excavated, they found the original end bones of the tail, which in most other dinosaurs and T-Rexes have not survived the fossilization process. So those bones in the past have been fabricated. So whenever a T-Rex or a dinosaur is found, only some of the bones have been fossilized. And obviously, the more bones that you find in their original state, the more valuable or the more important. And Shen was in a very full state. Over half of the bones had been fossilized. And the really interesting and exciting thing is that the end of the tailbones had been. So now we really do know how long this T-Rex was. And yeah, 12 meters long and three and a half meters high. So you've got to have a fairly large home to want to have this in your private residence. And so far, when Christie's have sold a dinosaur at auction, it has become part of a museum collection. So we have seen, and everyone I'm sure has read now, that the stand, the T-Rex, is going to be on view at the Science Museum in Abu Dhabi. We've sold the Raptor earlier this year in New York and it hasn't been announced yet but Christie's have been very involved in conversations with a institution very close to us here which will be having the Raptor on loan as part of their collection for some time as well so it's extremely important to us that we work very closely with interested buyers to help facilitate these loans to museums because of the rarity of these pieces which are so important to our understanding of our natural history, making sure they're accessible to the public is very important. What can you tell us about where this unique skeleton was found and in which part of the world? And if you don't mind, I had another question to this, is that what can you tell me about the preservation process once the skeleton was found? Who was involved in this? So Shen was dug up just in 2020, so only two years ago, in a place called Hell Creek in Montana. Its very recent history means that obviously it's extremely exciting to paleontologists around the world because every time a new T-Rex is dug up, it provides an opportunity for much more learning and furthering our understanding. So two years ago, it was dug up in Montana, and then it was taken straight away to Germany, where two leading paleontologists were given the task of creating a and compiling a full scientific report on Shen. And I think this is really important to mention because without that scientific studying of these bones before it comes to auction, you're running the risk that whoever buys it wouldn't necessarily choose to share it with the public or to share it with scientists, and then you lose that learning opportunity. So Dr. John Nudds from Manchester University has led this study and he's also been very involved in the compiling of the sale catalogue for this T-Rex. And he will be joining us on a panel discussion on November the 11th to share his findings as well. So we're lucky to have worked very closely with the scientists who have been involved in Shen as part of the sale process. And yeah, that in terms of its history, it's a very short history in a way, but also arguably dates back to 66 million years ago when Shen was roaming the planet and struggle to get my head around these times and dates because who can get their head around 66 million years? 
that was the late Cretaceous period. And to everyone who has built most of their understanding of dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, I hate to break it to you, but a lot of that was creative license. And all of the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park are actually from the Cretaceous period, but Cretaceous Park wouldn't necessarily have had the same ring to it. So Shen was in the late Cretaceous period, 66 million years ago. I like to emphasize that this weekly podcast is entirely free. However, each weekly episode requires enormous personal resources, so I'm asking you a very simple favor. If you enjoyed this podcast, please ensure you subscribe to this podcast channel and share this podcast with your colleagues or friends. Without your support, this podcast would not be possible. You've been deeply involved in the research of Shen the T-Rex, but your role at Christie's in Hong Kong is looking after the classic art across many decades, which requires a lot of research. Can you speak more about your scope of work at Christie's? Yeah, I mean, my role here at Christie's in Hong Kong is looking after what we call classic art, and that spans across 14 departments. But the majority of my time is spent working with old master paintings because that's where the majority of our market in classic art is in Asia. However, it does also cover science and natural history, other things such as books and manuscripts, decorative arts. And it really means that anything that comes through for sale at Christie's where we feel there might be a market in Asia, then I have to get my head around all of these objects. And whether it's a dinosaur or a painting or a piece of furniture, really it's the same approach. It's really understanding the maker, when it was made, the quality, the condition, the provenance, all of these things apply to every object that we sell at Christie's. But I must say, doing the research for a T-Rex is probably a highlight so far in my career. You just mentioned that every item, before it goes on to auction, goes through a rigorous approach at Christie's. When I'm a prospective buyer, what can you tell me about the provenance of a prehistoric skeleton? What more can you say about the provenance approach of such a unique skeleton that is 66 million years old? Well, previous ownership, but where it was found, you know, everything around the relationship between the person who found it and the landowner. There is obviously a department in London. James Hislop is head of science and natural history at Christie's, and he is extremely close with the vendor, you know, all aspects of this industry because an enormous amount of research has to go on to understand exactly what it is that we're selling. So as with every object, we compile a condition report. And within that condition report, you have a detailed list of every single bone that was excavated and in what condition, because any bone that is 66 million years old, even at a point of excavation, it's going to be fragmented to an extent. And then you have to go through the process of restoring those bones and then creating other bones to make up the whole part of the picture. So that is just part and parcel of putting a dinosaur skeleton together. But obviously, we need to ensure that anyone who's interested in buying it fully understands exactly what it is that they are buying and the condition that it's in. And in this case, that's been a pleasure because um, Shen is 54% complete measured by bone density, which is extremely high when you compare it to the other T-Rexes that have been unearthed. 
If I were to be a buyer, what exactly would I buy when I make an offer on Shan the T-Rex? How would it be delivered? Is there a team who can help and support me to reassemble all the individual bones of the skeleton? So another good question and one that I was asked repeatedly in Singapore. Unfortunately, Christie's preempted being asked this question, particularly in Asia, where we weren't able through our logistical research able to find experts here necessarily who were experienced in putting a dinosaur skeleton together. So to address that, there is a brilliant art handling company called Lotus Fine Art who are based in Singapore and Hong Kong. And they have been sent to Germany to be trained specifically on the putting up and taking down of Shen. So we hope that should the buyer be based in Asia, they will feel confident that there is now a team of trained experts who can help you. But yes, effectively, you buy a box of bones, six crates to be exact. So quite a substantial box of bones, but exactly that. And it comes with this beautiful stand that every bone is hung upon and You know, that in itself really does look like an incredible sculpture at the end of the day, which I suppose it is because the fossilization process creates stones out of the bones. Shen the T-Rex is the most complete T-Rex ever auctioned in Asia, and the skeleton is rare as well because of its unique predatory stand. What makes this stand and pose so unique about Shen the T-Rex and would it be possible to change this pose? I think you would be mad to. One of the most important things about Shen is that it has been mounted in the hunting pose. And it is considered to be the most scientifically correct pose that a T-Rex has ever been mounted in. If you Google the image of a T-Rex, often you'll see that they're put together without their lower rib cage because that lower rib cage isn't actually attached to any other part of it. All the other bones are hanging off the spine in some way, but the lower rib cage is floating. And for the most part during the fossilization process, those bones have been removed or disappeared. However, we were able to incorporate them into the pose of Shen, and therefore it's in this really tremendous hunting pose. I think when you see it in person, you'll, you'll really recognize that. So I would be very surprised if somebody wanted to change that pose and I don't know how they would go about it. Another curious question I have for you is if you know if Shen the T-Rex is male or female? You can never be 100% sure that it is a male. You can be 100% sure that it is a female because it comes or is found with a very particular bone as part of the pelvis. Shen doesn't have that bone. There is a small chance that that bone completely eroded. However, Shen is also slighter than other female T-Rex. And like birds of prey, the men were slightly smaller because they were the hunters. So the science points to, in every direction, that Shen is a male, but you can never be 100% sure. And I think Shen is a name we chose because it's not strictly male or female. But to me... I've got to know Shen thinking that really he is a male. I will post the details of where the public can visit Shen the T-Rex in Hong Kong as well. But this is at the convention center in Wang Chai in Hong Kong Island, right? Yes, so we're so excited. Shen is currently on its way to Hong Kong and it will be on view as part of our 
Christie's Autumn Auctions in the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Centre. And the preview starts, I think, on the Friday, the 26th of November, if I've got my dates correct. The sale itself takes place on November the 30th. And the view will be open to the public, but I foresee very large queues. So you might want to get there at the crack of dawn to start waiting. Shen's going to be sold in our 20th and 21st century art evening sale, which may sound like an unusual decision because nothing about Shen is at all contemporary. However, we sold Stan in that same sale platform in New York. And I think what's really exciting is that it is the most prominent sale platform that we offer our global art collectors at Christie's. So I suspect that we'll have the eyes of the world, you know, any collector from any collecting field will come to see Shen, particularly in that sale platform. I think it makes most sense. And we have really strived at Christie's, particularly in Hong Kong, to continue to really excite our collectors in what we're offering them and, you know, not to get stuck in this cyclical circle of offering the same things in every sale. So the fact that we're including Shen in that sale, I think, really speaks to that. Although the skeleton will be in Hong Kong, I imagine that the audience and prospective buyers come from all parts of the world. What can you tell me about the buyers you expect and how the bidding has shifted during COVID? So with uh, with our Hong Kong sales, we do very much attract global bidding. I think particularly through COVID, we proved that your buyers could be anywhere in the world and didn't even necessarily need to see what they were buying or bidding in person. We have great relationships of trust with our with our buyers at Christie's, so they would trust the the colleagues that they work with here to advise them on the pieces. And particularly that sale, we have collectors in London and New York who are searching for artists. If they appear in a sale in Hong Kong, they feel very confident in going for it. So absolutely, we're looking for global participation in the bidding of Shen. And so far, I think I've seen signs that that will certainly be the case. But for me, I hope that Shen does end up in an institution in Asia. And can you speak more about the valuation of such a unique piece? Is this only the third time in history and the very first time in Asia that a real T-Rex is auctioned? What do you believe is the valuation of Shen the T-Rex? So Shen has estimate on request, which means that we want to have a conversation with anyone who is interested in learning what the value, what the price of Shen is. And through that conversation, obviously, we can learn about the potential interest and we can make sure that the estimate and the reserve going into the sale reflects the reflects the interest. So the estimate when people ask at the moment is 120 million to 200 million Hong Kong dollars, which is about 15 million US dollars. And Stan was sold two years ago for over 30 million US dollars. The raptor, a much smaller dinosaur and T-Rex just triumphs over any other dinosaur that comes onto the market was sold for 12 million US dollars earlier this year. I think the estimate is conservative. Obviously, we want to attract bidders. We don't want to go in with a much higher estimate that will put people off even having a go. But we are pretty hopeful. So let's say a starting price around 15 million US dollars. I think the market since Stan has grown significantly. And I think the market in Asia is the most exciting place at the moment for these very important fossils, shall we say. Besides the fact that Christie's Asian headquarters is based in Hong Kong, 
Why did he decide that this was the right time to auction send the T-Rex in Hong Kong this month in the evening sales? So Christie's have decided to sell Shen in Hong Kong in our evening sale because, well, several reasons really. Firstly, in our most recent sales of Stan and the, and the Raptor, we've seen interest from this region, from Asian collectors. So we feel that the market is ready for it here. And at the moment, there is no T-Rex owned in a permanent collection in a museum or institution here. So we really hope to rectify that. Whether the buyer decides to loan the T-Rex to a particular museum for a period of time, or whether actually it's somebody who owns a shopping mall or a place, a public place where the T-Rex could be. And by having the T-Rex there, you significantly drive footfall. So we've actually done a study looking at where T-Rexes have been integrated into a public space, whether a museum or a shopping mall, and then looking at the increased numbers of footfall. And it's completely unbelievable. I mean, as I've seen in Singapore in the last few days, people really do get up early in queue to see a T-Rex. And I think there are many different opportunities around that in Asia that could be explored. So that's the sort of conversation that we're having with potential buyers. You could have it in your own home. I think Leonardo DiCaprio famously has a T-Rex skull in amongst his collection of contemporary art. There was a picture of it with his painting by Jean-Michel Basquiat which I think is an unbelievably cool sort of way to mix the old and the new, which is something that I always like talking to collectors about, particularly as I work mostly in old masters and decorative arts and looking at ways you can bring those pieces with such rich history and put them against a piece of contemporary art. I'm wondering how you could achieve that with a whole T-Rex. It might be more problematic, particularly in a small Hong Kong apartment, but there are some large homes in um, our neighboring countries in Southeast Asia and mainland China. So let's see. Shenda T-Rex is part of a larger auction this month. How many pieces are being auctioned and what can you say about the 20th and 23rd century auction in November? So the T-Rex is part of the contemporary and modern, we call it the 20th and 21st century art evening sale. The sale is not quite closed yet and it's usually around 60 or 70 lots spanning from modern artists such as Zawuki and Sanyu all the way through to the contemporary artists of today. And it's a global sale platform now. So you have artists from China, from the West, from New York, from London, all in this sale and the T-Rex is going to be halfway through that sale, I believe. It's always an amazing sale to follow because we incorporate a lot of young emerging artists into that sale in Hong Kong because there's such a strong market here for them. And that's where their records are really made. Some of these artists, you can only get your hands on a piece if you have a very close relationship with a gallery. And the auction is the second opportunity and then it's really just the highest bidder. So I think that part of the sale is usually the most exciting part to watch. So what's next for you, Georgie? Off air, you mentioned you're going to New York to join another really exciting auction this weekend. So the next seriously big moment for Christie's is the selling of the Paul Allen collection, which is already on view in New York. I fly to New York this weekend because I'll be auctioneering part of that sale. Paul Allen, as you all know, was the, um, the great founder of Microsoft and the artwork that he collect, I think, really shows his 
innovative and creative mind at its absolute best. What's so exciting for me is that he collected artists like Botticelli and Bruegel and had them alongside, you know, great masters such as Basquiat, Warhol and everyone in between. And every single lot that Paul Allen is selling is being sold for charity. So it's a very exciting moment at Christie's. I think it's the most valuable collection ever to come to the market. And we have those sales and then I come jump on a plane, come back to Hong Kong and we move to the convention center for the Hong Kong sales. So very busy few weeks ahead, but it's great to be traveling again after a few years here in Hong Kong. Before you go, I have one final question, which is going to be really interesting because of your classic art background. If you were to have your last supper with an artist, who would that be and why? Oh my gosh. There are so many. I think I would be letting myself down if I didn't choose a female artist. I've become very interested recently in exploring female artists from the old master time because in today's world and even in the modern world, you have access to more female artists. But in the old masters, there were female artists, but they were not necessarily well documented or they weren't working for proper institutions which allowed them to be professional artists. They were usually working in either their father or family member's studio. And I would love to get to know a little bit more about their creative process, how they were able to dedicate themselves to a life of art, even when the odds were against them. There are a number of artists that I've been looking into from the Dutch Golden Age, like Clara Peters. There was a retrospect of her work at the Prado just a few years ago, and it was the first retrospective of a female artist they've ever had. She's done an amazing still life painting of cheese that I'm completely obsessed with. So I'd love to invite her to dinner and get to know her and hear more about her practice because very little is known. Many thanks, Josie. Have a safe trip to New York and I look forward to seeing you back in Hong Kong at the November auction later this month. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, to all listeners, please do come and see Shen the T-Rex in the flesh or in the bones, should I say, at the Hong Kong Convention Centre later this month. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Last Supper with Georgie Hilton, VP, Head of Classic Art Asia at Christie's. The public viewing of Shen the T-Rex will be at the Hong Kong Convention and Exhibition Centre in Wang Chai in Hong Kong from Saturday the 26th until Wednesday the 30th of November. That's it for this episode of The Last Supper. I already mentioned this at the beginning of this podcast, but in order to continue to offer episodes for free, we will need your support. Simply subscribe to this podcast, give it a star rating, leave a comment or share it with people who you think benefit as well from listening to this weekly podcast about art in Asia. You can find more information on my Instagram at thelastsupper.asia and on my website www.oscarvenhuis.com. And before I go, if you have any further questions or suggestions, feel free to message me on my email. And don't worry if you don't have a pen and paper to write it all down because I will post all the links, references of my guest and my contacts email in this podcast description as well. (laughs) 
The Last Supper podcast supports the Hong Kong Art Gallery Association, a member-based non-profit organization of established local and international art galleries in Hong Kong.